Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hello, my loves. I am so happy to be here with y'all again. It has been such a beautiful day. A summer day here in Asheville, North Carolina. We had a really stormy start to the day, which is so yummy. Um, when the temperature gets a little cooler and uh, I hear the, the rain on my roof and I can go out and have my coffee on my front porch. Uh, so magical. So today I am speaking with y'all around working with energy as an empath and a sensitive and um, sharing some principles that will really help you get the most sugar for your dime as you do this work. So, uh, and, and as well as just some generally guiding principles, foundational principles to empowered healing in general. But then more specifically about how to approach working with your energy and how to approach your healing journey as an empath and sensitive to, you know, get the most um, deeply effective transformations for yourself that are going to be the most supportive possible. So of course, starting out with this, um, I have to say that a holistic approach to working with your energy and uh, a holistic approach on your healing journey journey is the most powerful and effective way towards deeply integrated and life-changing transformation. I've seen it so much for myself personally on my healing journey, working with my clients over the last 10 years in many capacities, having a holistic approach really makes a difference. And um, it's part of my foundation guiding principle to empowered healing. Um, I, I've got three that I'm going to share with you today. So one is that mind, body, spirit are inextricably intertwined. And that's why I focus on a holistic approach because that holistic approach ensures that all facets of self are held, seen, heard, worked with, considered mind, body, spirit are inextricably intertwined. You know, as humans, we really have this, um, obsession with categories. (laughs) We love to categorize things and label them. And it's super helpful. 
language is that, right? <laughs> That's pretty much what language is. Um, and it allows us to communicate complex concepts and theories and beliefs to one another about ourselves and the world around us. It helps us to creatively problem solve. I mean, look at all of the amazing things that humanity has created and built together, both intellectually and physically in the world, um, and with art and all of these different things because of labeling and categorizing. And it's not the whole story and it can be limiting. So that's important to keep in mind that mind, body, spirit are inextricably intertwined. And it's a founding principle for the way that I approach my life and my work. Also, mind, body, spirit is your instrument for both creating and experiencing your inner and outer realities. Mind, body, spirit is your instrument for both creating and experiencing your inner and outer realities. Your reality, your life, your existence is a co-creative process through your mind, body, spirit, consciously, subconsciously, even down to the level of your DNA. So this idea that you know the world is this actual physical place that exists 100% outside of ourselves and that we're just operating within it um, is not 100% accurate, not even close. And the more we study in the realm of science, the quantum realm and quantum properties and quantum physics, the more we're starting to see how true that is and get some scientific evidence and understanding around the why of that, which is a lot more than I can fully understand and wrap my head around, but I find it absolutely fascinating and it's stuff that I love to read about. So the third um, guiding principle and foundational principle for empowered healing is please trust yourself. Please trust yourself. I'm not your guru. And anyone who says that they are, you know, and, and they're like a leader or an expert or a healer or whoever, and that they have all the answers and you don't know and that you need to follow them or, you know, buy whatever they're selling or do it exactly their way because they know and they're going to fix you and they're going to show you the only way to do it. Um, I invite skepticism and wariness on your part because, <laughs> because trust yourself. You have great power and ultimately, you know, we know so much more than we give ourselves or give ourselves credit for. Like how many times have I, and maybe you can relate to this, like had that experience where I had a really strong intuitive feeling about an opportunity or about a person. And I was like, nah, that can't be real. I'm crazy. That's not real. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to that. And every time without fail after the fact, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was totally real. <laughs> I wish I would have listened to that intuitive guidance that I had within myself because I was right about that opportunity or about that person. So all that to say, trust yourself. 
So the first principle of working with energy that I want to share is that intention is powerful. Intention is so powerful. And there's a few facets and pieces to this. Um, So one is that energy flows where attention goes. And when you set an intention, it is a kind of a magnet for attention. So being consciously aware of intention, it's like, um, it's like a, a guidepost or a lighthouse. It's going to continuously kind of bring you back. It's like this energetic anchor that you're able to see and automatically you're going to move more towards it because that's where your attention is going to go. That's where your energy is going to flow. Intention is also, it's like this powerful compass um, and like uh, what's an, a tuning fork is a really great way to think about it. So setting an intention really sets the frequency for whatever situation you're entering into, whether it's a meditative practice, whether it's clearing your energy centers, whether it's going to the grocery store or going to a family reunion, right? Like setting an intention. It's a a tuning fork that sets the frequency, sets the tone, sets the vibration for that situation and creates the container for whatever that experience is. Um, if you think about a tuning fork, it's, it's what you're working to match at a, at a level of frequency with sound. And so setting an intention can do that in a lot of different ways. Intention can be infused in mindset and in belief. So believing that everything is unfolding according to a divine plan for the highest good of all would be one belief or um, that has a a high frequency intention infused in there. There's one, um, things are happening for me. Another could be, um, everyone's out to get me. People never win. You know, there's, there's a definite energetic frequency of, of intention that's infused through those mindsets and beliefs that are going to affect the way that you're showing up for yourself and for the world around you. So the power of intention isn't just for energy work. Um, it's, you know, really powerful in so many different facets of your life. But if you're working with your energy, um, it's going to give you the most sugar for your dime. As, I, as we like to say. So um, making sure anytime you're going into an energetic practice that or spiritual practice that you're, you're setting the tone, frequency, and container with an intention. And then that's going to be your guidepost, your lighthouse, your energy anchor. If things get muddied, if you lose your focus, right? You can always come back to that intention and it's going to re it's going to that tuning fork is going to get pinged again and it's going to reset the frequency um, for the work that you're doing. You can also integrate intentions with ritualized action. 
So when I wash my hands and I got started doing this with hands-on work, I still do it now that I, I work with folks online. Um, it just looks a little bit different, but, uh, a ritualized action that I, that I did in my massage studio and my myofascial release studio, anytime I finish with a client and, you know, I have, have, um, closed the session and I've left them to collect themselves and get dressed and, I go to the bathroom to wash my hands as you do after working hands on with folks. But as I'm washing my hands, I am setting the intention that I'm releasing all energy that I've absorbed that isn't for my highest good. I'm setting the intention that I'm cutting any energetic cords that have attached to me through that session that are not for my highest good. And I'm doing that as I'm washing my hands and it becomes because I I'm doing it with intention. This action is like a ritual and it's super powerful and in and of itself becomes like an energetic practice. So this is a great time to talk about intention versus expectation. And I know I've brought this up before, but it's so important and it's just such a game changer when, when you really start to, to hone in on this, that I wanted to share it here. And that's the the difference between intention and expectation. So many moons ago, I had a mentor who told me, um, and I honestly, I can't remember specifically what we were working with, but I know I was really frustrated and I was, I was feeling really challenged. (laughs) I remember that feeling in this conversation and she was real with me and she was like, you know, you need to revisit your expectations here because, and I want to share this with you. And she shared that expectation is premeditated resentment. That is the sound of my mind being blown. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. That is so true. Think about it. Expectation has this energy of control. And as humans, you know, we're all control freaks. That's just... (laughs) part of human nature. We all like to think we have a lot more control over all the things than in reality we do. And expectation is a symptom of that desire for control. So, you know, it's saying, this is how I think things should be based on my desires on how I want it to go. And this is, this is kind of the outline of how I think things should be because I want things to be this way. And then when life happens, not according to plan, which let's face it is life like 80% of the time, (laughs) things not happening according to plan, then all of a sudden there's all this resentment and frustration and anger of like, oh my gosh, oh, why is this happening this way? Or why did they do this? It totally ruined everything. Whereas intention, I realized is premeditated opportunity. So if expectation is premeditated resentment, intention is premeditated opportunity because it's creating space for the magic and the beauty of the organic unraveling of things to happen. So I think a really great kind of this world example um, of this is thinking about like, going into a 
extended period of time with family. And maybe uh, I could have the expectation that, um, you know, I'm going to joyfully connect with my family by having one-on-one time with my mom in the kitchen to cook a really amazing meal that everyone in the family is going to sit around and enjoy together. And that is my expectation for this family gathering. Well, when life happens and, you know, someone brings their partner and they end up being in the kitchen because they want to be helpful and there's not one-on-one time with me and my mom and maybe the person helping does something that I don't agree with because that's not how you make potato salad, but that's, you know, we got out there, the guests, so they're doing that. And then so-and-so's kid gets sick and they have to leave early. So they're not even at the dinner and blah, 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 blah. End of the thing. I'm super frustrated, resentful at certain people and upset because nothing happened the way that I wanted it to, or the way that I expected it to, and had planned for it to. Okay. Let's walk through that again, but with intention. My intention is that I want to joyfully connect with my family. And that means I have the power of yes behind me there, the power of open possibility. Because I've just set the open intention of joyfully connecting with my family, There's so many different ways to joyfully connect. And because I've set that intention, now my mind, because my attention is present in the intention, I'm going to have my eyes open to so many more opportunities for joyful connection with my family than I would have if I'd had the blinders of expectation on. So that's where intention invites the magic of the universe. Because we see things we wouldn't have seen before with the blinders of expectation on. So the second principle of working with energy is resonance. It's really simple. It's so often overlooked. And um, this all comes back to trusting yourself, which is, of course, also one of the founding guiding principles of empowered healing. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. (laughs) You know you know you are uniquely you and what works for other people might not be what resonates with and works for you right now doesn't mean it never will doesn't mean it always will there's no one who knows you better than yourself you are your own best resource trust yourself trust your gut trust your intuition And if you feel like you don't know, create space to get to know. Be curious. Does this feel good? Does this resonate? Do I like this? I don't know. Well, let's try it and see. And when we approach, again, it comes back to intention. All of these are connected, just like mind, body, spirit are all connected. You know, when we come into whatever energy work or healing work we're doing with ourselves with the understanding of resonance, there's an intention there of openness because, uh, and curiosity. Um, and it's not like it has to be this way because so-and-so said it has to be this way. And if it doesn't work for me, then there's something wrong with me. I think that that's a story that 
I have believed so much in my life. And I can tell you not only as someone who's super sensitive in a world that (laughs) really frowns on that and doesn't encourage it and doesn't know how to deal with it, but also someone who's learning different, who has working memory differences, um, who has ADHD, right? Like there are things that just don't work for me that work for other people. And it has felt like hitting my head against the wall again and again and again in school, in relationships, in business, when I try to fit me round peg into a square hole and try to force, force, force rather than take a beat and realize this doesn't resonate with me. This doesn't work for me. What will? Just because this doesn't, doesn't mean something else will. And so I think that concept of resonance really frees us up to be open to finding the most powerful ways of doing things for ourselves. And I'll tell you, my energy work has become so much more potent and powerful as I've learned to embrace this, as I've learned to trust myself and my own intuitive guidance and healer nature. Um, Have I studied with people? Yeah. Am I a Reiki master teacher? Yeah. Have I studied multiple modalities of energy work? Sure I have. Do I limit myself to following a step-by-step rigid protocol of how I do my energy work? Hell to the no, I don't. (laughs) You know, it actually, it's, it's one of the greatest gifts that was given to me through my fascia release was learning how to trust myself as a healer learning how to listen and and just follow the next breadcrumb within whatever session I was in and learning how to do that for myself and for my clients and you too can learn it's all about listening and feeling and trusting yourself and what resonates so uh learning styles are a great literal and practical example of resonant energy work um or resonance at work in working with your energy So, uh, for example, I used to get really frustrated with guided meditations and I realized after a while, um, it wasn't all guided meditation because I invited inquiry around it. There were a few that I really loved and that I could really get into and I could really get to that mystical place with and that in-between space with, um, and into a deep meditative state. But then there were other guided meditations where I couldn't do that. And what I realized was that the ones that resonated were the ones that used highly visual language because I'm a very visual learner. I'm a very visual person. I'm also kinesthetic as a learner. I learn by doing, um, but also I'm, I'm a visual learner. So one thing you can do is explore, well, what are my learning styles? And, you know, there's, uh, you can be a visual learner, auditory, tactile, kinesthetic, um, and, and we're all some combination of these different learning styles, but, um, usually we'll have one or two kind of predominant ones that we really learn best through. And so I invite you to explore that and play around with that as you, lean into and explore the concept of resonance in your energy work and in your healing and self-care practices as you go forward. So, um, the, oh, the other piece of, of resonance is 
take notes. <laughs> you're, it's like you're your own case study. <laughs> so um, be curious and take notes. What works? What doesn't work? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? And um, I recommend creating a resonance menu for yourself. And this will change over time. This will 100% change over time. I mean, I didn't believe that energy work was a thing that was in anything other than bogus when I first started as a massage therapist. And now I'm so into that world. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's night and day. It's a huge difference because I have changed so much. I've had all these experiences and now what resonates with me is totally different than what resonated with Laura Ann past version of me 10 years ago. So know that your resonance list is going to shift as you do, but it's nice to have on hand and know what is going to resonate with you. So the third principle that I want to talk around with y'all today is energy needs movement. This is so key. This is, this is paradigm shifting work here. If you consistently show up to move energy for yourself through mind, body, spirit, within a matter of weeks, days, days, we'll say, like if you're consistently doing it, you're going to see a shift. You're going to feel and experience a difference. And at first it's going to be like, like what I was talking about before with like, nah, that can't be real. <laughs> really? Nah. I'm crazy. That's crazy. No way. No way. No way. I promise you, if you consistently show up to do this kind of work, moving energy through mind, body, spirit, you will start to create massive shifts for yourself and you will see big breakthroughs on your healing path, epiphanies, insights, healed relationships, ended relationships. We as empaths are natural transmuters and alchemizers of energy. We are natural transmuters and energy alchemists. And that means that it's happening all the time, even if you're not aware of it. Also, side note, animals like dogs and cats are also natural transmuters and energy alchemists, especially dogs. It's one of the reasons why we're such animal lovers right? Um, it's just something that they naturally do. So when we're more aware that we are consistently operating at this level of, of bringing in and shifting energy and moving it through us, then we're better able to support the demands of that work because that work is going on all the time, even if we're not aware of it. And when we're aware of it, we can meet the supportive needs of the work and we can be more intentional with it. So one of the systems to, to really work with moving energy is your chakra system. And I want to be really clear here. You know, I'm a white woman. I was not raised in the Hindu faith. Chakras are deeply, you know, the word chakra is a Sanskrit word it's, it's deeply rooted and, and born out of 
the Hinduism religion and tradition. And um, there's a lot that I am ignorant about when it comes to the incredibly complex understanding of the chakra system as it was born out of and created in the tradition of Hinduism. So I just want to put that out there. If it's something that calls to you to learn more deeply about, go for it. I highly encourage that. Um, I've forgotten a lot of what I've learned um, through the years, but have held on to the most essential pieces that really integrated and resonated with me and have had a huge impact on my own energetic practices um, and my own ability to read signs and see things that are breadcrumbs to the right next step within an energy healing session for myself or for my clients. Um, and so learning, <clears throat> pardon me, learning about uh, chakras, these seven major energetic centers within your body that go from the root of your spine up through the crown of your head is for me an absolute must as an empath and sensitive. Now, personally, I really believe that these chakral energetic centers are real and that they they truly exist in a way that isn't seen with the naked eye. Um, I felt them. I've had incredibly mystical cosmic experiences working that, with them for myself and with my clients. But I will say you don't have to believe that they're real, quote unquote, to receive massive benefit from visualizing them and working with them. So I invite you, if you feel skeptical and you're not really sure how you feel about chakras, I invite you to still try it out and just see. Again, trusting yourself that if it doesn't resonate, you can always stop. And of course, you will get the most benefit when you really feel that connection. It does resonate and you do believe. So, you know, um, working with your chakras and there are seven energy centers. You've got your root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown. And they all are associated with different colors, with different emotions, different organs of the body, different process um, and stages of development of the self and the way we relate within ourselves and within the world around us. There's so much opportunity for self-study here. There's so much opportunity for um, learning again. Like I was saying, there's so many layers of complexity around the chakral system. If you want to dive deep, you totally can. Uh, so there, and and I will be creating some chakral meditations and 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 clearing uh, videos for y'all uh, as the months go on. So if you're interested in receiving those, I recommend if you haven't already get on my email list, um, so that you can receive all the juicy content that I create in the upcoming months and years. And I will, of course, I'll link that in the episode notes. So clearing and balancing your chakras is a great way to work with moving energy through those energy centers of your body. Um, you can do cord cutting and cord cutting. You can do through your chakral centers, cord cutting. You can do just on its own uh, around your body, um, different grounding practices and doing those like visualizations of, you know, um, grounding and letting the earth absorb energy that doesn't serve your highest good. Um, 
one one other thing I do to to help me move energy through sometimes in a in a rush. Not in a rush, but I should say when I don't have like specific time to set aside for it and I know it's something that I need, I'll do it in the shower. And then as like as I'm washing my physical body, I'm washing my energetic body, setting the intention. This is actually a really great example of a few of these principles in play. Taking a shower, setting the intention that this shower will cleanse my mind, body, and spirit. That any any thoughts and energy that do not serve my highest good will dissolve and release and go down the drain. And, you know, you can play around with the words of how that intention resonates for you. And that intention is going to shift for me day to day. Sometimes it's super specific about one specific thing. Sometimes it's a little more general. And then I, because of, of the way that I'm wired, I like to visualize it actually like making the water a color and, and see and, and changing the texture of the water and see that in my mind's eye going down the drain as I'm releasing that ick from my mind, body, spirit. Um, and then, you know, intentional connection and movement from, from our head to our feet, our feet to our head, you know, thinking about cycling energy through our body. Like there's so many different ways that you can play with energy to move it, but that movement piece is essential. And physical movement is a part of that. Again, holistic approach, y'all, mind, body, spirit, inextricably intertwined. You are a liquid crystal being. You are a walking, talking liquid crystal. Your fascial network, which is a connective tissue, is a liquid crystal matrix that permeates every system of your body down to the cellular level. Your fascial network is an organic fiber optics network that allows your mind, body, spirit to communicate within itself at the speed of light. And when it's healthy, it's liquid. It's what allows you to glide over yourself underneath your skin. And again, it's through every sensitive of the body down to the cellular level. It's in your cell walls. It covers your nerve fibers, your muscle fibers individually. It covers your muscle groups. It sheathes your organs. Your brain is a fascial sponge. Your bones are mineralized fascia. You are fascia. And when it's healthy, it's liquid. It's that liquid crystal matrix that allows for energy and light to pass through you. When you experience trauma, physical, emotional, mental, your fascial network responds. It constricts, it contracts, and it begins to solidify in different areas. And it will hold on to energy within your physiology. And that's when we start to see symptoms arise in physical discomfort, in dis-ease and illness because energy is getting stuck within our mind, body, spirit. So movement helps release energy that is stuck. It physically warms you up. So it actually physically liquefies because fascia is a thixotropic substance. That means it is liquefied with heat and movement. Um, and so, you know, there's a reason why sometimes if you go for a really intense bike ride, 
all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm really emotional. <laughs> like maybe you're, you're releasing some trauma from your right hip. Um, and as empaths and sensitives, we're more in tune to this stuff. So it's more likely that these are experiences that you've had. There's a reason why when you're in a yoga class and you're doing a shoulder opener, all of a sudden you get really angry. You're releasing energy. You're having an emotional release of something that was stuck within your fascia. So myofascial release is a modality that I've used with people in person and and I'm guiding them now in um, virtual sessions to unwind your own fascial network because your body knows how to heal itself. And when we learn how to listen to and tap into our body's own innate power to heal, it's an absolute game changer. So I unwind on the regular. I create space in my day, my week to have some physical movement, whether it's dance, whether it's intense exercise, whether it's yoga, whether it's myofascial unwinding, whether it's yin yoga, there's so many different kinds of embodied movement practices um, that will help you move dense, stuck energy through your system. And it's, it's important for all humans without doubt. It's especially important for empaths because so often the energy that's getting stuck within our denser physical body is denser energy, heavier frequencies, grief, sadness, rejection, betrayal, anger. And because we're so sensitive, these energies that are stuck within our physical form, that are stuck within mind, body, spirit, they're affecting us more because we're super sensitive and they're blocking our abilities to receive and channel more light from higher self, from source, from God, you know, whatever God word you want to use. And it's inhibiting our ability to transmute and alchemize. And ultimately, that leads to sickness. That leads to burnout. There's a reason why so many empaths and sensitives struggle with chronic illness. This is a big part of it. So energy needs movement. And when you incorporate these principles and taking this holistic approach to your empowerment and healing journey as an empath, that intention is powerful, that resonance is important, and that energy needs movement, you will start to see shifts. These principles are an invitation. Take what works for you. I invite you to get curious around these principles, to, you know, Go through, go maybe go back and listen to this episode again and take notes about the pieces where like that really, I feel that and trust yourself as you're going through this episode that the, the pieces that you most need are going to resonate. You're going to hear, you're going to feel more. And those are the pieces to start with. Trust yourself. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know more than you think, you know, (laughs) if this has piqued your curiosity if me talking through this has resonated with you and you're interested in really taking that next step and diving deeper on your own healing and empowerment journey as an empath, 
please book a discovery call with me. I'm going to link that in the episode notes. Discovery calls, um, not only is it an opportunity to see if we are a good fit to work together and if I am the right guide and facilitator for you at this chapter of your journey and this season of your healing, they're just a really beautiful container for you to gain some clarity around where you're at and what you need, regardless of whether or not it ends up with us working together. These discovery calls with me are infused with the intention that you will gain some beautiful clarity around what the right next steps are for yourself in the season that you find yourself in now. And I would just love to connect with you as a listener of this podcast and, um, and have a chat. So if that sounds good to you, please don't hesitate to book a discovery call with me. Again, I linked that in the episode notes because um, I am now taking one-on-one clients. And as always, I would love to close this episode out with a reminder that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.